Hey everybody and welcome to the Vulnerable Entrepreneurs coming at you from the great city of Worcester, Massachusetts. I'm Sean Riley. And I'm Common Thrath. And today, like always, we're having a no bullshit conversation about the entrepreneurial way of life. So Sean, I made a lot, a lot of mistakes, but I think I call them lessons, right? And we talk about that. The entrepreneurs talk about like failures and stuff, they're lessons about in life and you know, on the personal side, um, we went to Cape Cod to go on vacation and I forgot my bathing suit. I forgot all my beach stuff for myself. You know, which is yeah. like, literally it's gonna be a beach vacation. And, and other times I forget like, you know, medicine for my kids or, and I'm always, always forgetting stuff, getting stuff, you know, it's like, I'm not planning well, I'm not, you know, but I feel like that sometimes overflows to business, you know, and, right. Uh, but you know, for me, I make a lot of mistakes and I think people now are, are realizing too. And then as, as leaders during this pandemic, they're making a lot of mistakes. So like, you know, what, what are some like mistakes you've made for yourself just, you know, or it could be embarrassing. Some, some, maybe some, some vulnerable stories of, <laughs> Oh, well that list is long and distinguished. I mean, I could go on, I could do a season of podcasts about that. Uh, well, so I think what you're describing is what we, tend to do is make our activities very narrow. Like you weren't, you didn't forget your beach stuff. You were focused on other people's beach stuff. You were too focused on the task instead of the vision, which was it's a beach vacation. Hey, everybody should probably, and myself included, the leader of the company, the CEO of in, in the homestead of Inthrath should have my beach stuff, but you were more focused oh, on, man. I bet your kids had theirs, right? I bet I your should kids have called you. Had right had my wife was, was uh, ripping into me. I should be like, hold on. I'm going to call exactly. Sean. And so he's going to explain exactly why I forgot my stuff. <laughs> Cause we're trying to buy bathing suits on Amazon to come right. on time and it actually never arrived. <laughs> but, right. So, so then what you do that, this is perfect. What you did is you hustled to find a quick solution that cost you money and it was the wrong solution. And then we're talking about, we're talking about beach stuff. How amazing does that pertain to your business? But it's true. We, we become a little bit too focused. When I was a freshman in high school, I had sister Mary Margaret Heaney for English and Typically, there was 20 or 30 um, questions for homework, and um, she would start, I was the fifth seat in the first row, so after three days of doing homework, I realized, you know what, I only have to do question five, because every day we start on row one, seat one, I'm just going to, hey, there's a brilliant idea, I'm just going to do question five, sailed in for about a week doing question five. I'm like, this is kick ass. I have more time at home. My thinking was very narrow. I didn't have the vision of what I was really should be doing. And when the market changes, you end up failing. Well, one day sister Mary Margaret decided that she was going to start on the other side of the room. So instead of having question five, which I did to perfection, I had section uh, question 23, which I had to read because I was getting cocky. It had been a week. I don't even have to read the rest of the homework. Just go right to question five. So by the mid teens, I'm sweating it out because it turns out I didn't even understand question 
23. And she knew it. And she got to question 23 and I had nothing. I had, I had not, I, I got nothing. I got nothing. So I started in with the, well, sister, this was sister back then. Well, sister, this was very challenging for me. No, no, she pretty much came over me and beat me with the next period's math book. I mean, it was just an ugly, uh, it's just an ugly, ugly, but what happened? My, my task was too low. It was not to do the homework. It was to do question five. So what is the point of all that? So the point of that whole story was that you can't be so focused on the task that you forget, in your case, that it's a beach vacation, man. Like, you got you to gotta bring a bathing suit. If you don't bring a bathing suit, it ain't a beach vacation anymore. It doesn't matter who else brought this. It ain't for you, right? Or you improvise, and I'm wearing my, 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 my sport shorts and underwear, and that, that's it. I'm not wearing bathing suits. I'm, and the thing is, like, <laughs> I'm still I enjoying. The, I'm, I'm still in the water. I'm still enjoying it. <laughs> just a yeah. different feeling, man. Yeah, that's a, <laughs> a long, longer time to dry, maybe. <laughs> oh man! So, but I bet you sweat it out just like I did in the Margarini's class. I mean, like, oh man, I forgot my bathing suit. Like, yeah, shit. What am I gonna do now? Yeah. And as an entrepreneur, the first thing you can say, I, I got this. I, no problem. I'm just going to get to the hotel. I'll just call up Amazon. The drone will show up. I'll get it. Well, you probably didn't realize they were in September. Nobody, including Amazon, is going to have bathing suits. And if they do, it's not going to be a selection. Can't go to the Cape Cod Mall. They actually, you know, we have Prime. And typically, they, it's the date. And it's usually spot on. I got a notification. We couldn't get the truck in the driveway. And I'm like, the driveway's right there. What are they talking about? So we don't know when we're going to re-deliver it again. And then it just had like a, yeah. it basically had like, it says, we're going to deliver it within the next two weeks. It, like the date range. So it was like, of course, like just Murphy's law. Like I can't even get in baby suit. I can't even order one no. from, from Amazon. Um, but you know, so the theme here guys, right. The mistakes we make in our business. No. Have we made mistakes and like how, like how deep does it go? Well, as an entrepreneur, you got, you got to make mistakes, but they're lessons. Like I, I was scaling so fast, you know, this is like four years ago, I was hiring people and I'm like, you have a pulse, that's your title, you're hired. And the next person, yeah. I hired people so quick. And then what happened was the relationship of my clients were, were, were not as good because I didn't do the due diligence to, to, to have a process, to have a hiring process. And then two of the work wasn't I, good. And then, and, and we, you know, I lost time, I lost money, I lost clients. So one of my biggest mistakes is like, yeah, if you're growing, you're scaling, or you're going to hire that one person or, or multiple people, like really take the time to do your due diligence. Resumes are all going to look good. People interview very well. You got to give people like a time period, a trial period, a probationary period, or have something where you have an out if they don't work out. Because you got to give yourself time. You yeah. got to give yourself time. The, the, a lot of employees fail because the, the entrepreneur sets them up to fail. If you can't define their job correctly, you can't expect them to perform that ill-defined job. Right? I mean, that's on you. And a lot of times you'll hear entrepreneurs say, well, we don't have the time and money right now to, 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 or to, to take time and hire the right people. You have to. Because you don't have the money to make a lot of mistakes over and over again. So you need to take the time to get the right people. Now, granted, not everybody works out and we all know that, but you can't set them up for failure from the very, very beginning. And that's your failure. That's not theirs. Correct. It always goes back to no matter how many 
if there's multiple lines of, you know, leadership, it always goes back to the, to the top dog. Um, you know, right. that, that's one scenario. Other scenarios is again, if you're scaling or you're growing is not having processes in place. So like sales are coming in, but if you haven't planned, like, how do you, t- how do you take fulfillment? How do you scale all that? And this is again, several years ago. Yeah. Um, but even now, like you see businesses, like, you know, businesses that go from whatever, a few hundred thousand to a million, then a million to 5 million, and 5 million to 10. Like you and I've talked about this, Sean, like there's different, it, just cause you, if you have more revenue and growing, there's a lot other newer challenges that come to place. So like you got to have processes and systems in place to plan for growth or else it falls apart. You know, and, and, and you all, and, you also have to recognize that a process and plan that you have for a million dollar company is not the same process and plan you have for $10 million company and sure as hell isn't for a hundred million dollar company. And that's where you and I talk about absorption and being open to change. You have to be innovating. And as we talk about our funny examples in life about being too focused, if you are focused on those million dollar a year company revenue tasks, you're never going to be worried about or concerned about or even know about what it's going to be like at a hundred million. Everybody's going to say, and it's, it's an absolute cop out. Well, the scales, like we can do the same thing. We can just do it at, at a, at a factor of 10. That, that's not, that's not true. It's, it's different. You know, what's that rap song? Mo money, mo problems. I mean, it's the same, it's the same thing. Like, yeah. And the trap is that, you know, we spend a lot of time talking to entrepreneurs about at the, at the, there is a point in time where you need to bring in professional operators, where you need to, to realize that as the entrepreneur, you're the visionary. And you see this a lot with companies. And a lot of times it's almost, I'll never say too late, but a lot of times it's later than it should be. They'll bring in a CEO or they'll bring in a CFO because they've needed one. Because their company is big enough that it's bigger than them. They need to, to be focused on the vision. They can't be focused on the logistics and, and the operation. And you need to be to be able to grow and scale. You know, it's not necessarily always about growth. It's about sustained growth. But it's, it's also about even or smooth growth. You don't want ups and down spikes where you're always either chasing your tail or adapting to this, or we get to do this, or the market's going to do this. You want to try to capture as much market share as you can, but do it in a way that's, that's smoother, that, that you can do it gradually over time because you know, you're in marketing, you know this. The worst thing you can do is lose a client and have to go sell to them again. Like Once you get a client, they don't care how big you are. They care about what they're doing because people care about what they're doing. So you have to, yeah, it's exactly. And it's all about you too. And you have to understand and appreciate that as your company grows, you have to be open to other ways of solving those problems. It's not just, Oh yeah, well we did it great at a million dollars. We can kick ass at a hundred million. It's not just more people. It's not, it's different. But definitely get systems and processes in place. Cause you got, if you have aspiring, you know, like Sean said, to be a hundred million, what are you doing to get there? How are you doing? You know, look at it, not head down, but look up, look at the playing field. Um, another thing that I've, you know, I've made mistakes with is, you know, when you start up and maybe you bring a friend or a family member or just someone that has been with you in the beginning, they've been in the trenches with you. Of course there's loyalty there, but you still got to run a business. So I've held on to people too long, which 
there's op- opportunity costs. There's a lot of other things that affect the business. Could be culture. Um, you know, I don't know. What other examples, Sean? Do you have, you know, have you run into that yourself too? Like keeping on people too long, and then wish you said, "Oh my yeah. goodness, I should have done it years ago." No. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, is that you you have the perspective of yourself. Like, oh wow, I should have let this person go. Um, I'll give you a sports analogy. When I was coaching for a while, we had the the benefit of having tryouts. We had enough kids interested in playing. And we only had so many slots and you would have kids come out that you could tell on day one, they just, they just didn't want to be there. And when you cut them, the look of relief on their face, because now they can go home and tell their parents, they get cut. They don't have to do it anymore. They don't want to play a sport that they don't want to play for employees. That's the same thing. A lot of times, Hey, you know what? Things are changing or your performance, whatever it's related to. We just, we just can't have you here anymore. Sometimes they're absolutely relieved. They're like, you know what? I don't want to be here anymore. But I felt loyal or compelled to because I'm your friend, because I'm your sister, because I'm your whatever. So I stayed here. You're wasting your time and your company's resources and your emotions. They're wasting your time, their time, the company's resources. And it's this, yeah, we just should have had this conversation. And I would argue, too, it's, it's not managers hide behind loyalty. Well, you know, he's going through this, he's going through that. And I would argue to be kind of a hard ass, that's an excuse. The reason that you're not letting the guy go is because you don't feel comfortable doing it. And you need to get over doing it because everybody has a baby at home. Everybody has somebody that's sick. Everybody has other stuff going on. There's never a good time to let somebody go, right? And, but you have to, because you can't give, you know, we'll have a whole podcast about this, but you can't give one employee more than you give everyone else. You talk about losing your, your faith and confidence in your staff of being a leader. Try paying attention. Everybody in the company knows that person's got to go. You just haven't pulled the trigger yet. Yep, you know what yep. I mean? So everybody knows. So it's, it's a hard thing. I think that we should spend an episode on that and we should yeah. maybe bring in some turnaround folks that, that do it for a living. Um, and and get their perspective about about how to do that but you got to be okay having that conversation you, know, you just got to be it's part of it's part yeah. of life so what what other like things that you, you know you failed to learn from you failed and, and learned from so like what other you know from our listeners here like what other things you feel like have been tried well, for, and you're like oh man that was real bad <laughs> One of the things is when we started the staffing company, we had two massive clients, just two. One of them was a, was affiliated with a political in the political industry, which is quite an industry. So we knew that that was going to be a project, but for six months, eight months, we were living and doing very well, but living off of one client. And in the staffing industry, that OSHA goes in there and says, yeah, there's a problem with this chemical. You can't use it. It's not labeled correctly. You shut down. Or in this particular case, they had waited for resins to come in. There's a plastics manufacturer. So they, if the train get tied up in San Diego, which is where it's coming from, they weren't going to, you know, running a staffing agency, you're first to hire, first to fire, because they're going to keep their own people. You know, you'd walk into just a regular Monday, everything's great. Yeah, we don't need your 60 people today. 
what? I mean, that's one fifth of our revenue, actually one seventh because they ran 24 seven. So my, one of the biggest learning lessons that I came back to is you need to always be innovating and going for the next client. You can never, as successful as your company is, you can never rest by what you have. You always have to be looking at how are you going to grow and expand and, and diversify and, and make your business wider so that if, so that client that represents 60% of your revenue or 80% only is 20% over time. And yeah, if you lose them, it's a big deal, but it's not a big deal if, if it's 80% of your revenue. So I learned that quickly um, and realized that the lead time for that is hard to do. It's hard to get that next client. So you got to take your time and, and do it, but do it. You got to expand. Yeah, sales sales is hard. I mean, if 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 sales comes natural to you, that's another. I think a skill set like highly recommend everyone to have because sales is all around us. Everything that we do in life, like my wife, who's you know, she, she's a pharmacist, and she's you know, she's like, ah, I'm not, I don't like sales, and I had a career in sales, um, consultative sales, like different types of sales types, right? But eventually, CVS asked her to sell the over the counter products as she's consulting with patients. And I'm like, look, like they're asking do, do, to do to sell stuff now. And she was required to do that. And you know, she's a pharmacist, but you know, you talk to your, your insurance person who's an advisor, right? They're helping you to get insurance for your house, but they're selling you something. So, but it's a consultative sale. It's not like a hard pushy sale. So I think like, I think yeah. having sales skills is very important. So it's really challenging. Um, if you're not growing your business. So you got to figure that out. Is that you or someone else you got to hire to do sales? Like that's another thing to consider um, to do sooner than later. If that's a weakness, because some people start a business and they're just really good. Like they're an engineer or something. They're just very good at that. They start a business, but they're not good at the marketing, the the sales. Um, Well, to your point, you also have to be in order for you to, to, to be able to sell to, you have to be able to communicate. And I would, uh, I would say to anybody before you spend a ton of money on like a sales seminar, go take a public speaking class or a communications class or a, how do you, how to an executive writing class or even a creative writing class, particularly if you're, if you're an introvert, you, because if you're, you need to be able to not just sell to somebody, but to communicate, to somebody what your business is, what they do, how they can help you before we get into the actual selling of, you need to be comfortable communicating. So I would, I always have or do an outward bound or do a physical thing to get you more confidence and outside of it. It's okay to be an introvert, but, but you want to be aware of as the entrepreneur and the leader of the organization, the, how you communicate your business. I mean, you being in sales and marketing, you, you can tell when somebody just sucks at telling you what they do. And it's not because they're mm-hmm. bad at it. They probably just haven't been exposed to what's the good way to do it. Yep. Yep. Well, they've never had to do it before, you know? And I think as, a, as to your point, yes, definitely we got to hire the right team and a lot of hiring the right teams to know what that team should kind of look like and feel like and sound like beforehand. So that's on the entrepreneur too, is to make sure that in order for you to put the right team in, you got to know what makes up that right, that right team. I mean, you could have the best square peg in the land. And if it's got to go into a round hole, 
you pretty much, it's not going to happen. So you got to understand what your environment is too. And I think the other, the other biggest and thing that, I and that could be relevant now, like that, that square peg might be relevant now, but might, might not be relevant to two years from now too. So you got to also exactly. make that decision. Well, that's a good point because what I was going to say was that you should understand where your growth is coming from. In other words, is, are you like in, in my staffing, in the staffing world, we could have a fantastic quarter because our clients are having a good quarter. So they're going to hire more of my temps because they're doing very well. Well, when that industry dries up, it has a profound effect on our business. So we have to be diversified to minimize that. So, so growth is great, but you need to understand where that growth is coming from and how. Is it industry or is it a result of your clients growing or you just got to know where, where it's coming from and what's happening to it? All right, guys. So a lot of, a lot of stories here, some, some, some different war stories and scars that we you know we've been through here and hopefully you can learn a lot from here and please share what other, you know, lessons that you've encountered in your work so that again, our entrepreneur community can learn from each other and let us know there's another uh, episode that we can talk about that we can hash out even deeper. Um, like Sean mentioned earlier, about talking about, I think it was about hiring or, or people as a, yeah. as a podcast we, episode. Yeah, and, and, and frankly, downsizing and what you go through emotionally and physically and all that when you have to get rid of people and how it's really a two-way thing. So go out there, keep crushing it, you know, no fear. And you know, you make, every day you're making choices and it's okay to make good ones and bad ones. It's, just, it's about how, like, how you recover. Exactly. And take your time. It's your time. You're never going to get it back. Take your time, whatever time that is. And you're going to lose out on some revenue and some deals. And that's okay. It's not about the deal. It's about the right deal. Take your time, relax and do all the homework. Cause when they start from the other side of the room, man, you're screwed. <laughs> oh yeah. That's always a good, be prepared. <laughs> be prepared. Do the whole homework assignment going through that with my daughter right now <laughs> all right next time next episode when we dive into in our personal stuff i'll tell you about the time i get hit in the back of the head by sister olive uh with a math book which is probably why i'm not good at math <laughs> we'll save that one for another rainy day <laughs> all right that'll be exciting all right, all right everybody all right, season three is upon us let's all go right. cheers so this is not so much just for our listeners it's with our listeners we're doing this with them, not just for them. We're all together in this big, massive, disconnected group called entrepreneurs. Find us on Facebook and LinkedIn at The Vulnerable Entrepreneurs. Twitter and Instagram at The VE Podcast. The VE Vulnerable Entrepreneur Podcast. And join the conversation by visiting us on our website, thevepodcast.com and email us at hello at the vepodcast.com. Thanks everybody for joining us today. That wraps it up. We understand that every minute of your day is valuable and we appreciate you spending time with us today.